Hi guys, hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Irish Balance podcast. If you are new to this podcast, you are very welcome. My name is Dr. Kira Kelly. I'm a medical doctor specializing in public health based in Galway and I run the blog The Irish Balance. Um, I'm also on Instagram at The Irish Balance and of course you're listening to The Irish Balance podcast. If you're a regular listener, then obviously you're very welcome back and thank you so much for coming back week on week to listen to these episodes. I asked you guys if you wanted me to do a few podcast Q&A episodes while I line up some new guests over the next while um, and the response was an overwhelming yes and um, which is great because I love doing these kind of Q&A episodes as well I think it's a great opportunity for you guys to get to know me and um, to ask questions and we're covering obviously non-COVID-19 questions in these episodes which is also really nice to take a break from digesting um, information about the pandemic, though it is, of course, really important to stay up to date on the pandemic with the advice of your local health authority. Um, but I am really grateful to be doing these podcast Q&A episodes. Um, over 400 of you tuned in to last week's, which is a really good sign. So um, hopefully you guys will enjoy today's as well. So I got a few more questions this week than last week, and I am doing my very best to keep these episodes to about 30 minutes, which... I pretty much never succeed at, <laughs> but I'm going to try. So we have, how many questions do we have today? We have six questions. So we're going to just crack into them, I guess. And I asked you guys to send in your questions on non-COVID-19 stuff, but obviously no individual medical, dietary or other um, related advice. I was covering, I suppose, balance and um, a bit about me, if anyone had questions around that, um, the kind of life of being a doctor and public health. They're my kind of main areas that you guys seem to like having questions on. So, um, okay, let's get started. So the very first question um, is, what would be your most important habits? I really like this question. I think that right now with the COVID-19 pandemic going on, um, which we're all very aware of, obviously, um, everyone's routine is incredibly disrupted. I think it'd be fair to say that there probably isn't anyone who hasn't had their routine disrupted in some way by the pandemic. And I think that habits that serve us well and routines that we establish ourselves during this very disruptive time, however basic those routines might be, can be a real lifesaver for us and give us some kind of a sense of control over a very uncertain situation that we're living through. So I think my most important habits, and I might discuss this in the context of right now, because I suppose we can only really take things day by day at the minute um, and plan for the short term. We know, um, I guess, we don't necessarily know how things are going to pan out over the next few weeks and months we can only predict. Um, so I think we'll go with the here and now. So my most important habits right now, um, so we'll go very basic first of all. Um, we'll talk about the morning. So lots of you asked me about my morning routine and morning is my favorite time of the day. It always has been. My mum tells me when I was a baby, I was awake at six o'clock in the morning, big smile on my face, waiting to be held and lifted out of my cot. So I think I've always been a morning lark, whereas my sisters would definitely be night owls, which is really interesting. We all have kind of our own unique body clock, obviously. Um, so morning is my favorite time of day. Um, in the morning, I have an alarm set usually because I have to go to work if I'm on my days off I'll sometimes set an alarm sometimes I won't but when I wake up in the morning um I have a few different habits that are little things that are part of my morning routine so I take three deep breaths before I get out of bed and when I do get out of bed I write a line in my memory journal I make my bed which sounds really basic but it's really important um I brush my teeth <laughs> of course dental hygiene is key 
Um, and then my day begins. So these days, my morning kind of habits are making sure I have a nice breakfast and that I make time for breakfast. It's not an afterthought. It's the first part of my day. And I get some writing in. So lots of you will know from following me on Instagram that I've started writing um, about six weeks ago based on kind of an idea that I had. Um, I'm not going to say it's a book because I don't know for sure if it's a book, but I'm definitely writing lots of thousands of words and I'm really enjoying it. Um, kind of a nonfiction, very healing process. And I am doing that every morning kind of for 15 minutes, sometimes longer. Sometimes I'll do a little bit in the evening as well, but that's definitely a daily habit that's really important to me at the moment. And it wasn't a habit until probably like six weeks ago. And now it's, it's something that um, I love to do every day. And another habit that's very important to me is movement. And my day um, will usually have some little bit of movement in it, um, whether it might be going for a walk or doing um, some yoga or doing a workout. So usually that's I'll do that in the morning, but uh, sometimes in the evening if I don't have time. Um, then other habits would be making sure I have, I suppose, regular meals in my day and um, breakfast, lunch, dinner and a couple of snacks thrown in there as well, obviously. Um, and the other important habits in my life are around bedtime and sleep. So lots of you will know, um, I suppose, how strongly I feel about how important sleep is. It's literally a foundation of our physical and mental health. And if you haven't read the book Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, I would really recommend it. It's definitely a game changer for the way you think about sleep. Excellent book. He's done some great podcasts as well, if you look him up. Um, but my bedtime routine is definitely, um, I suppose, a time of my day when I have some really important habits implemented. So I try and maintain a bit of a switch off around an, uh, an hour or an hour and a half before bed. And it might be that I power down all my screens. Um, I put on some music. Uh, I do a little bit of movement, might be some gentle stretching um, or just sitting in child's pose, which is one of my favorite poses in yoga to just sit in um, or just sitting in silence, doing a little bit of um, mindfulness with the Calm app before bed and reading and writing in my journal. They're my kind of key bedtime habits. And I guess the bedtime routine for me doesn't really feel complete until they're done. And I really, really enjoy them. They're definitely something I look forward to every day. So those would all be, I'd say, my most important habits. Um, I think it's hard to disentangle habits from things maybe you might enjoy. Like I can't say I really enjoy brushing my teeth, but I know I need to do it every day. Um, whereas I love picking up the phone and calling a family member or a friend, but I can't say that's a habit. So I've tried to describe there kind of the things I do every day that I suppose maybe keep me feeling as though I've got a little bit of a sense of routine in my day and a bit of a sense of control over it too. So hopefully that answers that question. Um, question number two was, what is your day job like as a public health doctor? Do you still treat patients medically? So this is a very good question. And it's something that I have actually done a post on on my Instagram, which uh, hopefully should answer it in a bit more detail. But essentially the um, answer to the question is probably a bit more than I can fit into a podcast. I've definitely done a full podcast episode on public health. So I'd encourage you to go have listened to that because I talk about it in much more detail. Um, I, I suppose when someone says, do you st still treat patients medically? That's a bit of an all encompassing question. I spent the first three years of my training working as an intern and then two years as a senior house officer in the hospital. So I did lots of different medical specialties and progressed through my medical training to get me to a point where I was qualified enough to specialize in an area of medicine. And for me, that was public health medicine. So I don't work in the hospital um, anymore in public health medicine. My job is more office based. It doesn't mean I don't have patients. Um, 
but it's just a little bit of a different setup. I suppose the thing about public health is that no two days are really ever the same. Um, there's kind of four pillars of public health or the four domains of public health that we talk about. So there's health protection, which is all about kind of infectious diseases. And there's health improvement, which um, is kind of self-explanatory, but it's all about, I suppose, it's one of my favorite areas of public health about prevention, looking at how we can make the healthy choice, the easy choice in society and preventing chronic diseases, non-infectious diseases. There's health service improvement, which again is pretty self-explanatory. And then there's health intelligence, which is all about data and how we can use it to support the other work that we do in public health to our advantage and to support the work of other sectors in society as well to help the population. So my day job is really, really broad and I'm always conscious of things like confidentiality as well when I talk about my day job. And obviously that's paramount, particularly now more than ever. So I can't speak a huge amount about what my day job is like at the minute, but I have kind of talked about public health broadly in the context of the pandemic on my Instagram. So I'd say definitely go have a look at some of the posts I've done on on this current situation. Um, I really enjoy my day job. I really, really like it. It's very different, obviously, to the first three years of my training, but it's an area that I'm very, very passionate about. And public health is so all-encompassing. I think there's a saying that um, we were told when we started out training, which was that the population is your patient, um, which I think is really cool. And um, I guess a really interesting perspective on health in society. Um, and it's something that I'm learning a lot about as I progress through the first year of my training. So I'm in the first year of my training scheme. So I'm titled a specialist registrar in public health medicine. And I started last July. So I'm coming towards the end of my first year, which is mad. And I'll be entering into my second, which will also be in Galway. So I'd say have a look at my Instagram post about what is your day job like? Because I probably spoke about it more broadly back before the pandemic and can't really talk a huge amount about it at the minute in the context of COVID-19. Um, but great question. And I'm glad that I've done a couple of posts on Instagram on it that I can direct you towards. So the next question is, how do you find your job? How do you find balancing your job around studying? Um, that is also a very good question. And I think I... I think it's my own fault for calling myself the Irish balance on Instagram that I get lots of questions about balance. But um, it is, I guess, a journey, isn't it? I mean, I don't think there's a great saying by Albert Einstein, which is life is like riding a bicycle. To find balance, you must keep moving. And I think that's very true. Um, I think people might assume that I have balance all figured out because of my Instagram title. That's definitely not true. I think balance is something that we have to work on every single day. And I don't think that we can know what balance is until we've lived life at either end of the extreme as well, which is um, a saying that I came up with, but it's one of my favorites and just something I always remind myself of. It's about finding kind of a happy medium for you. So to actually answer the question, because my tendency to digress is ever present, um, how do I find balance in my job around studying? So this is something I'm gonna have to do over the summer because um, I'll have an exam coming up in September. And I think I spoke about this last week as well, but a key thing for me with balancing my day job or anything else that I do outside my day job, whether it's exercise or study or writing or reading or cooking is scheduling. So I get asked a lot about scheduling and using a diary. I have a beautiful paper chase diary that I, um, I put myself to in a diary every New Year's and I always take my time picking it because I want it to be something that I enjoy sitting down with to plan out my days and my weeks. Um, 
so balancing my job brain study, I suppose the thing for me is that I know roughly, um, it's a bit, more, a bit less predictable now, but I know roughly what my day job hours are at the minute, or generally speaking I do, as well as like overtime and weekends worked and things. So I know what hours I have free outside of that. And it's that free time and those free hours that I can, I suppose, choose what to do with. So if I want to do, um, let's say, a day off dedicated to study, then that goes in my diary. I schedule it in. If I want to do an hour of study during the working week um, before or after work, I schedule it in. I write it in. I plan it out. I make the time um, visible to me so that I have a clear idea in my mind of when it's going to happen. And then I make sure that I balance in into my diary things that aren't work that aren't study that I enjoy and that free up my mind a little bit so for me that's getting some exercise in that I enjoy and cooking music writing reading they're kind of my hobbies that I love or sometimes just switching off and literally diving headfirst into a series on Netflix I'm currently watching The Last Dance which is all about the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. And it's amazing, just as a small recommendation to make. But I make sure I plug in time for things, as I say, that aren't um, keeping my mind busy, like work or study. Make sure that there's an extra bit of, dare I say it, balance in there too, which helps keep me, I suppose, sane enough to remain consistent and disciplined. And um, what's the word? makes me want to get back to the other things, the harder things, the work and the study. Um, you have to have things to look forward to. And although it's a bit trickier now that we can't do a lot of things we normally would um, in our free time, I think it's important to have things that um, make you happy still. Those little things that actually are the big things that you can look forward to even when you've got a day job to get through and study to get through to. So hopefully that helps. I can't speak highly enough of having a diary. I just think it's so helpful. And whether you're a planner like me or not, it's just a really helpful thing to do every weekend. Sit down, look at how your week is, look at one, look at what you want to achieve in that week and when you want to do it. I just think the diary side of things is something that I, I try not to preach about because it's not for everyone, but it definitely really helps me. So then the next one is another public health question and it's what is your favourite thing about working in public health? There's a lot of tough questions here today, guys. Fair play to you. Um, so what is my favorite thing about working in public health? I think my favorite thing about working in public health, and I bet you I'll change this answer if you ask me again in a week. But my favorite thing, I think, is that it is focused on the idea of prevention, that we're trying to prevent problems happening before they happen in the first place. And that perspective is really interesting because it requires a lot of broader, wider thinking, lateral thinking, thinking outside the box and proactive rather than reactive thinking. Um, and even the fact that it requires a lot of thinking and thought and ideas and innovation. I love all of that. I love the fact that uh, there's time to sit back and go, OK, how can we achieve this? What is happening right now? What are the factors that are contributing towards it? Like at so many different levels, biological, psychological, social, economic, political there's so many different um i suppose factors to consider when you talk about prevention in any realm of health and i just think that is fascinating and how the population often react to preventative strategies and interventions too is really interesting um often maybe things mightn't be the most popular um you know, I'm sure when, for example, in Ireland, the 
workplace smoking ban came in, the majority of people were actually in support of this. I'm sure there were some that weren't. Um, um, what would other examples be? Like, well, most recently with the pandemic, obviously, when you talk about introducing, I suppose, restrictions of a massive nature um, on a grand scale affecting the whole country, you know, I think obviously the majority of the population in Ireland were very supportive of this, but you're always going to have people that aren't. And I think it's it can be really challenging in public health to find solutions that will please everyone. And to be honest, it's impossible to please everyone. But what you're trying to do is achieve maximal benefit for the maximum number of people. And that often frustrates people um, who, you know, are not working in public health because obviously we all want to gain personally we are all self-interested to a degree and I think it's it's a big challenge trying to communicate the message about achieving um you know benefit for everyone um in public health we definitely don't get it right all the time and I'm only working in it for the past year um but I've done a master's in it so I've seen lots of examples and that fascinates me how you can um take the preventative approach and how you can get the most benefit for as many people as possible so hopefully that answers that question I also love, I suppose, how broad the discipline is, like I say, and also how many different people I get to meet through work as well, which is really cool and how many different areas I get exposed to and topics and issues that I might never have thought of or come across otherwise. Um, so yeah, hopefully that answers that. Then the next question is, if you could place focus on one aspect of public health policy, what would it be? And again, this isn't a great question. Um, I actually have a lot of answers to this. So I might need to come back to you on that, but I think that, and it's probably not just one policy really, but I think that a really important area that public health need to look at and do look at, there's lots of people doing great work in this area, but I think one area I'd love to put a huge spotlight on, and if I could fix it overnight, I would, but the social determinants of health. So by those, I mean the factors in our you know, socio-cultural and economic environment, many of which, you know, aren't necessarily in our control. So, so many, so many different factors that shape, let's say, where I am recording this with you or where you are listening to this with me, um, that we're born with. For example, I was born into a very loving family. Um, I had a roof over my head, I had food on the table. Um, access to clean water, sanitation, warmth, um, heating in a house, um, a big family, a very welcoming, warm family, education, um, parents who had jobs, you know, all of those things like income, education, um, you know, I suppose basic material necessities and then the extra things that give us a little bit of pleasure in life, you know, all these things that we take for granted so many people do not have and it's those social determinants of health that I think we don't talk about enough particularly on social media they aren't considered um, or discussed and the inequalities that can arise in our health and our health outcomes as a result of these are massive and I think that sometimes those who are most in need are not given the help that they deserve and I think if I could focus all of the public health efforts, well, not all of them, but, you know, a significant amount, a significant budget onto fixing that. You know, if you, let's say if you won the lottery and you could fix one thing, I think that would be amazing to fix because, you know, I think 
something that um, Professor Michael Marmo said, who's quite um, Marmot, pardon me, he's quite famous in the public health circles, but he, uh, one of his policies and reports, um, Fair Society, Healthy Lives, and one of his recommendations was to give every child the best start in life. And I think that that is just such a powerful statement and really speaks to levelling the playing field for everyone. Um, because so much of what we are born with and born into is out of our control and yet it has such a huge impact on the trajectory that our lives will take. Um, and that's very, very powerful to think about. And I think that's a, a big part of public health for me and something that fascinates me and hopefully I'll be able to make a difference to in my career. Okay, so it's going deep today, guys. The last question, um, and probably the hardest one I think I'll find to answer is, did you manage to find balance yourself or does it need extra help? And as I've sat down to record these um, this podcast episode and the answers to these questions, I haven't really written myself a script because I wanted to sort of intuitively answer them. So I'm sure if I recorded this again tomorrow, I'd say maybe say things slightly differently, but um, that's what I'm trying to do um, and try and kind of, you know, give you guys a sense of where I'm coming from on the answers. So did you manage to find balance yourself or does it need extra help? So first of all, I don't think I can say I have found balance forever. I think, as I said earlier, balance is a journey. And I think I'm pretty sure it still says on my blog, or it used to say a journey to sustainable, healthy living. And I think now, well, maybe I need to check that while I talk to you guys. Does it just say sustainable, healthy living now? I promise I have a point to this. Yeah, sustainable, healthy living. But it was, it and is a journey to sustainable, healthy living. So while I think I have um, a little bit of balance in my life and maybe in my um, headspace, um, I don't think that it's an absolute and it's really important that I keep an eye on that um, to try and keep the tipping scales or the scales tipping sort of in each direction equally. Um, I'm not sure what the person who asked this question meant by extra help. If they mean extra professional help and you speak directly to me, then no. But um, that's not to say that extra help couldn't mean speaking to family or friends. I feel like I'm talking around a subject really here when I answer this question. I think the biggest um, areas of my life where I needed to find a bit of balance or better balance, and I have spoken about this on my blog before and, and on different podcast interviews, um, is around food and fitness and my relationships with them. And I think particularly, let's say if we take exercise as an example, you guys will know I've spoken before about how previously I used to exercise really intensely, um, train like seven days a week, didn't prioritize rest and recovery and learned that lesson through injury um as you know is um, a huge risk if you don't prioritize rest and recovery within your training and over time I have really learned how to find ways of movement that I truly enjoy and which really nourish me um on a very deep level and which aren't about you know burning calories losing weight or you know, earning anything that I eat. Um, and that took quite a while. I won't say how long, because I actually don't know how long is a piece of string, but that took quite a while. And I think that I am now in a place where I do have some balance with that. I have a good relationship with exercise. I know when I want to do it and I know when my body needs a bit more of a slowed down pace, a bit more rest. Um, and I do feel like I've, I've reached a, a good place with that. Did it need extra help? I suppose I did see 
a physio for like a couple of injuries I would have had over the years, as I'm sure most people would if, if a person is lucky enough to be able to, to seek that kind of help. Um, so they were helpful, obviously. Um, you have to do your homework when it comes to physio, of course, to get the benefits. But um, that definitely helped. I think talking to family and friends about it all helped too. And it's a really nice thing to be able to look back now, having found a bit of balance in my relationship with exercise and to be in a place where I can celebrate that with family and friends, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, I think there were two posts I shared last year about finding balance with food and my relationship with food that kind of blew up on my Instagram. Um, one was about ditching food rules and finding food freedom. And I'm pretty sure in that um, photo with that post, I have two cakes in either hand, which is definitely a good definition of balance, <laughs> uh, especially since one of them was carrot cake, which is obviously unreal. Um, the second post was last year when I shared, or maybe it was earlier this year. It was earlier this year. I shared um, about gaining weight last year. And that isn't something that I've spoken a huge amount about on my Instagram. I think that's the only post I've shared about it. And I guess because, you know, it's quite a personal thing to me, even as I record this podcast, I'm obviously not going to go into like massive detail about it because um, A, I'm not an expert. B, it's a very personal thing. And C, um, I'm not sure if it's answering the question that I was originally asked. But what I'm trying to say is that I think I am in a point where I found have found balance with food too. Although, again, you know, I'm not immune to diet culture and if you do want to hear more about diet culture definitely go back and have a listen to my podcast episode with Robin Taff and um, that was a great episode Um, not immune to that to the messages that we get about food through social media or the main media things like that um, but I am in a place where I want to nourish my body and look after it and care for it and enjoy food and share food and use food to celebrate um, use food to be sociable use food to bring people together um, in all its forms um so done attaching any kind of moral value to food or any kind of moral value to myself for certain foods um and i'm sure many people listening have been in that trap of kind of black and white good and bad thinking about certain foods and it's just not um it's not a headspace that i endorse anymore or that i want to be in and i think the freedom around food is is um a really nice place to be what I would say as a disclaimer and an important point in this podcast episode is if anyone listening um, does feel that they need extra help in relation to food or exercise, definitely uh, don't think twice about speaking to a healthcare professional about that, whether it be your GP or a dietitian or a nutritionist, for example. There's never any shame in asking for help. And I know that's not the question that was asked um, by this listener, but I think that that is something um, that we should all remember that um, putting up our hand and asking for a bit of help is often the most sensible thing that we can do. Okay, with that, I'm going to wrap up this podcast episode because um, I'm at 26 minutes and I'm going to keep it to half an hour today, guys. Um, I really hope you enjoyed these um, podcast Q&A episodes over the last two weeks. If you'd like to see more, please do let me know. Drop me a DM. I love doing them. And I'd be happy to keep going with them um, if that's something that you guys would like to listen to. I'm aware it's just my voice rambling away answering questions. And obviously none of these questions are individual medical or personal advice because I'm not here for that. That is not something that is appropriate at all for a doctor to do online through social media or through a podcast. Um, but I think these questions today have been very general and been really interesting and insightful. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. 
If you do want to hear um, more on my or read more on my blog, I do a weekly blog article called The Weekly Balance and it is a mixture of things I've been thinking about over the past week. I write it every Sunday and I also share book reviews, podcast reviews and recipe um, of the week recommendations and sometimes things that I'm watching. Although I'm not a big TV person, I do watch the odd thing on Netflix or otherwise and um, I share recommendations on that as well. So do have a listen back to that and if you'd like to hear any of that in these podcast episodes, please do let me know because um, I never know if people like reading or listening more. I like a bit of both. I love podcasts, but I love reading blog articles as well and posts. So I don't know. Um, everyone's different, I guess. So listen, um, thanks so much for listening. Um, please do let me know if you listen. Please tag this podcast episode in your stories. Give me a shout or slide into the DMs, dare I say it, and let me know that you listened if you enjoyed it. You can always subscribe to the podcast if you'd like to leave a review on it please do. That's um, very kind of you and it makes um, my message and my content easier to reach more people. So thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful week ahead and I will catch up with you next week. You can find my blog at www.theirishbalance.com. My Instagram is at the Irish Balance. I'm at the same name on Twitter and Facebook, um, though mostly on Instagram. And obviously, you know where the podcast is. So talk to you guys soon. Catch you next week. Bye.